continue to bless each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would please tonight turn your Bible to Psalms. And I'd like to start there, please. Uh, I'm going to stay in the psalm mostly. I'd like to read a few other verses. But Psalm 34, I want to start there. I was, of course, lately I'm hesitant to even watch the news. But uh, today I was watching it quite a bit. And I saw this train wreck. I saw the chemicals that's going up in the air and all this kind of stuff, everything going on. And they don't know what to do. And what I was concerned about, I wonder how much they tell you anymore uh, about what's going on in the news. But it just seemed to me like there's something stressful all the time going on. And uh, listening to people talk. And my favorite thing to do when I get concerned about other people's lives and about my own life, just life itself, I go to the Psalms. I love to read the Psalms all the time anyhow, but especially in times of need, in times that you just want God's blessing. Tonight I want to start in Psalms 34 and uh, verse 6. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Ye young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Man, I love those verses. And I take them to heart too, and I know they're true. Turn over to Second Kings a minute. And I'll show you how it works. In Second Kings chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now, the reason I like those verses, we can't see the spiritual world. But there is a spiritual world that's going on around us. And the Bible says that we got angels that watch over and protect us. And I love that part. Now, another reason that I know that is because of Hebrews. Uh, go to Hebrews chapter 1, and I want you to look at verse 14, talking about angels. Because verse 13 says, But to which of the angels said he at any time sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool? And then he, talk, he tells us what angels are for. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now, me and you are heirs of salvation if you're saved by the grace of God. So we can count that. Uh, verse 14, we have angels that watches over and protects us. Now go back to Psalms 35. Psalms 35, and I want to begin to read in verse 11. 
Psalms 35 and verse 11. False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fastings, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. Now, when you read these verses, they tell us of our gracious Heavenly Father often uses His angelic messengers to aid and protect and encourage uh, me and you. Then you slip on down to Psalm 35, tells us there are some prayers we are to pray, but they're hard to do. Now, that is, we are to pray for those who probably don't even want us to pray for them. But that would probably, they would probably rejoice if the same difficulties would happen to us as happening to them. But the Bible says that a true believer is nonetheless commanded to pray for them anyhow. And so, uh, if you want to be blessed of God, you got to pray for everybody alike. Amen? Just because somebody don't like you, pray for them anyhow. Because God said He'd bless you if you do it. Now go back to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. And I want to read, please, there's several verses here. I want to read uh, beginning in verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thy envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herd. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnashes upon him with his teeth. Now I want you to watch this, please, because I love these verses, verse 13. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. If you take verses uh, 18 through 23, uh, to 24, 25, and then verse 28, and then you go on down to, to, to verse uh, 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee in, to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Now, when you read these verses, these verses are a prayer psalm. It could be called the climb to the sublime or the frustration from frustration to exaltation. There are five rungs in this ladder when climbing it. Number one in verse one says, fret not. That means I have a problem. I wouldn't be fretting if I didn't have a problem. Verse three, trust. Meaning I believe God can answer my prayer. 
Verse 4, delight. Meaning I delight. I believe God will answer my problem. Verse 5, commit. Meaning I bring my problem to the Lord. I don't complain and tell it to somebody else. I bring it to the Lord. Verse 7, rest. Meaning I leave my problem with the Lord. Brother Roloff taught me as a young Christian preacher, I told him one day, he was in my office, and we were just praying and talking about things, and I said, uh, man, I'm worried about this, and I'm concerned about this, and, and the doctor said, if I don't be careful, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown because I can't handle everything. And he said, now wait a minute, preacher. He said, number one, the Bible says worry is sin. And it's just that plain. Because when you're worried, you're not trusted. And we're supposed to trust the Lord. He said, let me give you a little bit of advice now as a preacher. Don't you listen to me very carefully. He said, I want you to get you two baskets. He said, I want you to put one basket over here on your desk and one over here on your desk. And I want you to put everything that you can control in this basket. And call that I care basket. Everything that you can do. Now, if you can do it, you take care of it. But you get you another basket over here and you call it I don't care basket and you put everything that you can't control in that basket and leave it to the Lord. And buddy, I've tried my best to practice that ever since I got God called me to preach because there are some things that you can't control. They're just not. A man came to me one time. He said, now pastor, I, 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 I know that I'm a Christian but my wife left me and ain't a thing I can do about it. And I don't want to be adulterous, and I don't want to be this. And he went on and on and on. And he said, but I didn't have nothing to do with her leaving me. She just left me. He can't have it. Amen. If she took a nose to leave. And so what I'm saying is there's a lot of things happen in our life that we can't control. What are you supposed to do with them? I'm going to worry myself to death about it. No, you're not. If you're going to do what is right, you'll learn to trust the Lord and rest in His promise that He'll take care of it. So when you study the Psalms, you'll notice God is pictured here as laughing at two things. Now I want you to watch it. Verse 13, The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. I first read, I read that just today and I, I laughed at it myself. Can you imagine God laughing? I don't know about you, but that sort of tickled me. That God was laughing at somebody. And I want to find out who he's laughing at. Now go over to Psalms for a minute. Uh, chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2. Back up and look at it beginning in verse 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves... And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Do you know what He's laughing about here? Who in the world does men think they are? I'm God. Amen. Man ain't nothing. I made it. God said, I created man. I can do with him as I please. And here he is. He's, he's planting again. He's plotting against him. He's plotting against God's people. He's imagining vain things. And God said, who do you think you are? And laughing at them. 
Now, let me show you another one. Turn it back now to Psalms 37 and listen to God's last at the attempt of the ungodly to destroy his saints or save people. Psalms 130, I mean, Psalms 37 and verse 13. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. Turn on over now to Psalms 59. Psalm 59, and look with me please in verse 8. Psalm 59, verse 8. But thou, O Lord, shalt laugh at them, thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. You know what God's laughing at? He's laughing at unsaved people that think they can get the best of saved people. No, you can't. I got a Heavenly Father to take care of me. Amen. And let me tell you something. Anytime you fight against God or His people, you're going to lose. God's greater than the heathen. Amen? And God laughs at them because He said they're not greater than I am. Now go back to Psalms 37 a minute. Psalms 37. And I want you to look at verse 18. The Lord knoweth the days of their bride, and their inheritance shall be forever. Often in the Psalms, the one praying will ask the Lord to impress upon him the brevity of this life so that he might commit each precious day to his Creator. Listen to these verses. Again, Psalm 37, verse 18. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Somebody said to me the other day, we was in a discussion and just talking, wouldn't you like to know the future preacher? I said, no. No, I wouldn't. I don't want to know if I'm going to get hit by a car next week. Amen. I don't know if I want to get laid up in the hospital uh, with cancer or something later on. I'll just live from day to day and trust the Lord, and I'm better off. I, I know this. I believe if you knew you was going to get in a car wreck next week, it'd drive you crazy if you couldn't do one thing about it. And so God knows best. Amen. And notice what he says here. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, their inheritance shall be forever. And then Psalms 31 verse 15. My times are in thy hands. You know what gives me confidence? My times all day long every day is in the Lord's hands. I'm in the Lord's hands. If he wants to allow it to happen to me, that's his business. If he wants to keep it from me, that's his business. I'm in the Lord's hands. And He can do with me as He pleases. Psalms 39, verse 4. Lord, make me to know mine end and to measure my days what it is that I may know how to uh, frail I am. Now that's a good prayer. You know what God wants you to do? Lord, I need you. I can't handle life. He wants you to know that. He wants to know Lord, I can't live my life like I want to. I can't be what I want to be. I can't do without you. Amen? And the Lord wants to make you, make you know how frail you really are. I can't, you know, I went to a seminar one time. Uh, I spent a week. And during that week, they had this lady came in. She was a scientist, a doctor. And uh, she came in and she talked. Uh, there was about... I forgot now how many preachers, a whole lot of uh, preachers. And what, it, what they were doing was preaching the Bible 
And they'd have different ones to speak on different things of the Bible. And this lady came in and she, before all these preachers, and she taught on the human body, the magnificence of the human body, how God made the human body. And she talked about how many miles of nerves is in the human body and how many miles of blood vessels and how they're intertwined. And, and my wife is going through therapy right now where this man comes out. And by the way, I don't like him rubbing on my wife. But he, he comes out and he, he, takes, he takes my wife's shoulder up here and he rubs that and he comes down and he rubs it all the way down and he rubs her legs all the way down and then he starts down there and rubs them all the way back up. And he said, what you got to do is understand that your swelling has got to be, you got to get that water out of your leg, uh, back into your kidneys, and get it out of your body. And the way you do that is one cell at a time. You get it up as you come out and it change. In other words, you don't have a, a nerve going all the way to your heart. You have a nerve and it takes two more, and another nerve, another nerve, they're all connected. And this lady told us how the brain works and, and how you ever touch a plate on your finger or somewhere and it hits you in the shoulder or someplace? I mean, you, you can touch yourself at a certain place. If you, y'all ain't never done that? Man, I have. <laughs> you hit the wrong place, so bam, it hits you somewhere else. And they're all connected. And I, I'm amazed at it. And she explained it, and I come away from there and I said, you know, God made a magnificent thing when he made the human body. But you know what she ended up telling us? How frail it really is. How frail. Although God made it, and how magnificent it's put together, it's so frail. One minute you're here, next minute you're gone. Just that simple. And how much, if you understand that, how much you praise the Lord that he keeps you for a moment, to moment, to moment. And we're to praise God for that. Psalms 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know what he said? I, I appreciate gray hairs. More today than I ever have because I'm getting some. But I, I do appreciate gray hairs for this reason. There was a boy, a young man used to come to our church and and uh, several of our older men were standing back there at the back talking one day. He said, I, I've been through the Air Force and I graduated from the Air Force. He said, I went to uh, college and I graduated from college. And I don't know, he went on and on and on. And that old fellow said there and he took it just about as long as he could take it. And he said, listen, son, if you'd done all the things that you said you'd do, you'd be 105 years old. And I laughed, and I thought to myself, you know what a young man ought to do when he's around old gray hairs? Shut up and listen. Amen? Because God gives you those hairs, and you learn some things down through the years, and you don't know everything when you're young. So the Bible says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Amen? The older I get, the more I want to learn. All the time, I want to learn. I've been wanting to learn ever since I was a little boy. All the time. Applying myself to learn from day to day to day. I want to learn more tomorrow if God didn't come, if Jesus don't come, and I know today. 
I don't want to just sit around and be numb and nothing. Amen? I know, I know people that can't even... My brother lived, worked the same jobs that I did, laid blocks just like I did, and he couldn't even build his own house. I mean, the whole thing, electric and wiring. My first house, me and my wife built our whole house right by ourselves. You know why? Because when I was out there laying blocks, I watched the electrician. I watched how he did it. I watched the plumber. I watched the carpenter. I even got the carpenter to show me how to read a, a framing square and everything just when I was in my teens. And I learned these things, and we built our house. I want to learn every day something better than it was yesterday. And notice what the Bible said. If you want to be a person you ought to be, so teach us to number our days. I ain't got forever that we may apply our heart unto wisdom. You know what wisdom is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. All through the Bible, when it speaks of wisdom, it's talking about Jesus. And Jesus says we ought to apply our hearts to know Him. Amen? Psalms 119, verse 84. How many are the days of thy service? I don't know. I don't know how many days I got. But I want to use every one I got. Amen? And every moment that I got. Now go back with me, please, to Psalms 37. I'm going to begin to read verse 23. Verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord uphold him with his hand. I have been young, now old, and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Amen. Those verses mean so much to me. Listen, he is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth the judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Every time I read these verses, you know what? I don't worry about Social Security. I don't worry about the bank. I don't worry about my doctors. I thank God for all of them. I thank God for banks. I thank God for a little saving account. I thank for doctors. I thank God for medicines. But you know who I trust? I trust the Lord. It's just that simple. I trust the God. And He said, you'll never beg for bread if you trust the Lord. And you won't either. He'll take care of you. I like what old Dr. Harold Seidler said. He said, I believe God would put the angels in heaven on a half ration for you and let one of his children go hungry. I believe that. That's a simple thing, but I, I really believe that. God will take care of his own. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for being our Savior tonight. Not only being our Savior from hell, but being our Savior from the world and the things of the world. And I thank you so much for your gifts to us and your delicacies to us that you mentioned throughout the Scriptures, how you bless us and keep us. Thank you for that. Bless us now tonight, we pray. Go with us on our way home. Watch over and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.